As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning, everybody. It's Matt Schneiman, Bill Huber. Coming to you live from Green Bay, Wisconsin, with the latest head of the pack, morning after uh, the Packers' 24-16 win over the Panthers. Bill, let's get right into it. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you put the level of concern for the Packers' offense after the second half yesterday against the Panthers' defense that isn't very good? Um, What would you say? Zero. I would not be concerned at all. You know, one of the things Rodgers talked about after the game with us was Carolina runs kind of an oddball defense. It's it's a college defense is how Rodgers put it. I'm guessing Matt Rule brought with him from Baylor. It's not something that they see ever. Um, so it presents some different looks. I mean, Rodgers was talking to us at one point about some coverages, and he says they play some too deep. They play some, I guess, five deep. I'm not sure if that's exactly his words, but it was basically the way he put it. Um, so it was totally different. Um so I think they go back into more more routine defenses here, and I think they'll be just fine. How about what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I would say <clears throat> probably a one or a two. Not concerning at all. I mean, if anything, the Panthers provided a template for how to shut down Devontae Adams. They basically doubled him the whole game. That worked really well. Devontae was really frustrated after a a screen pass, which I don't know why they kept running that play. It was not a good play. It never worked that screen pass to Devontae when he was manned up on the outside uh, after one where Devontae was tackled for two yards in the fourth quarter right before Crosby's field goal. He kind of flung the ball away to the sideline in frustration. And you could tell he was pissed off. And, you know, he had every every right to be with how um, how little he got open yesterday, only seven catches for 42 yards. So that was my biggest takeaway for how the Packers often struggled, how they weren't able to get Devontae Adams open. I think that falls on you know, Matt LaFleur mostly. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a, a huge concern unless it persists against another lackluster defense next week. But what do you think of, we'll, we'll touch on Adams then. So his streak of eight straight games with a touchdown catch comes to an end. And I thought it was interesting. Matt LaFleur said, we got to move him around. We got to motion in pre-snap more. And Rogers said, you know, we got to, find more ways to to get him open. It was tough because he was never really in single coverage, maybe once or twice. 
Why, why do you think they went away from the pre-snap motion? It worked early on and on the touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon, and then they just went away from it. Tavon Austin didn't see the field. Devontae Adams, MVS, they're not moving motion. Like, what happened to Matt LaFleur's play calling in the second half yesterday? I think Matt LaFleur asked that after the game, too. I, I think I mean, that's one of the things that he brought up, too, is they, they got away from that stuff. He seemed he seemed to be kicking himself for it. They, they've got to get Austin up to speed, don't they? I mean, they've, they've got to make him a bigger part of things so they can do some of that fly stuff. Um, look, it's, it's going to be a process with him, like it is with anybody else, but I think for this offense to get to where it wants to get to, it's really good teams. They've got to get him up to speed for for the mere threat. I mean, Tyler Irvin never got the ball. Not never, but Tyler Irvin didn't get the ball often. But because he could get the ball, defenses had to respect that. And I, I, I think getting Austin into that role has to be accelerated. Um, I, I'm not sure if he's... I'm trying to... I, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. I'm, I'm not sure if he's like the, the smartest football guy in the world and it's a difficult, or if he is the smartest guy and they're just being cautious. I don't know. But... To me, he's he's critical going forward. Just again, just to make that motion stuff count a little bit more. Exactly, because he doesn't have to get the ball, but as long as you make defenses account for him, like even if defenses don't think he's going to get it, they at least have to account for him. And that's that uh, air of unpredictability or that little bit of confusion. You got to at least present that because Packers didn't have that in the second half yesterday, and I haven't seen Rodgers that frustrated or or that moody after a, a game this season and that includes after some losses maybe the Tampa game because that was just so bad for for three out of the four quarters this was more two out of the four quarters but um I, wa- I watched his NFL Network post game back last night and he was really not happy at all and, and he kind of I think it was serious kind of snapped at someone who was unmuted on the zoom yesterday um so clearly he wasn't happy with, I'm sure, the play calling, the execution, a little bit of both, his own play. Um, I know on the field he was visibly upset with Alan Lazard after that drop at the end of the first half that would have put them into field goal range. But, you know, for his hope, he hopes it's just a, a fluke. And obviously they'll need it to be if they want to get home field advantage. What do you think of the defense yesterday? Because kind of followed the same. Same template uh, uh, that they've had under Mike Pettin the last two years. Give up a decent amount of yards, but come up with an important stop. And Panthers went one for five in the red zone. Chris Barnes had the punch out. That's pretty much the motto for this Packers defense. And honestly, I know the Panthers aren't the best offense, but that's as good as it's going to get for the defense. It is. You know, I, I keep thinking, and I, I've started hearing and written stories about it, the defense is not as bad as people think it is. I mean, how, how many how many fire Mike Pettin questions do you get uh, tweets or, or comments? I mean, it's, it's no like, more of those. Yeah, I don't look. I am not saying this is a great defense. I'm not even saying it's a good defense. But I think people need to adjust their eyes to to what's going on around the league. Uh, it it is really hard to play defense. I, I asked Pettin about it on where we talked to the coaches on Wednesday this week. You know, and he's talking about offensive holding calls being down. I looked it up. Offensive holding calls are on pace to be down by like 200 this year. They're they're down by a third over the over the five year average. Um, home field advantage is gone. I mean, you'd have had 78 thousand people screaming to make life difficult for Teddy Bridgewater last night, and, and said it was like 750 or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, this is an excuse making because every everybody's dealing with it. But you know, I, I wrote a story on on Friday. Green Bay is on pace to give up. 
and on a points per game basis, the 12th most points ever out of their 100 in some years of football, the 12th most ever. They are 16th in the league in defense on points. So everybody's scoring. Um, and I, I, I just think people are hung up on a great defense gives up, you know, 14 points a game. And that's what a great defense is. It's, it's not that anymore. Um, again, I'm not saying this is a great defense or even a good defense. I think it's a good enough defense. And it was last night. Like you mentioned, the Panthers had a lot of yards. Um, they were one of the five in the red zone, which is, and that was the huge thing, man. I thought they were, I think 28th in the league in the red zone this year. And, you know, I mean, Andrew Amos has been talking about it since September. They had to get the red zone defense squared away, and we'll we'll see if this is more than a one-game thing, but that was a huge takeaway. I guess they're one out of four, right, because Carolina gave up on one of them at the end, but um, to get those stops and the Barnes punch-out, huge. Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Matt, is this just because it was Carolina, though? Or is this real for Tennessee and whoever's coming up in January? Man, next Sunday night is going to be a great litmus test for where this team really stands heading into the playoffs. And it's been a couple weeks now where everyone's seen Derrick Henry coming up on the schedule. Arguably, along with Dalvin Cook, the best running back in the NFL. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ran for 200 yards on this defense. Um, I would be surprised if they held him to under 100 because, you know, the run defense hasn't been as bad as people people think. Like you said, fans, and even I'm guilty of this sometimes, you hear the fire petting once, you hear the bad run defense once, and it kind of just latches on. But the run defense hasn't been awful. They did give up 115 yards yesterday, but 4.3 yards per carry. It, it wasn't terrible. You know, Mike Davis was the leading rusher with, you know, 14 carries for 59 yards. You'll take that most weeks, but Derrick Henry's a different animal. Matt LaFleur knows that because Matt LaFleur called those running plays for Derrick Henry two years ago. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how this defense and especially the run defense plays against a team like Tennessee. You know, sure, they've had success against. Philly and Chicago and Detroit and the Panthers, but Tennessee's a different animal and Tennessee's more along the lines of the teams they'll face in the playoffs because really the playoff teams they've played this season are what the saints or the, the teams that are definitely going to be in the playoffs, the saints, they won that game Buccaneers. They got shellacked the Colts. They collapsed in the second half. So you know, yeah, I think the Packers are a Super Bowl contender, but 
we haven't really got a great indication of what type of team this is going to be when they have to play the Rams or the Cardinals or the Buccaneers or the Seahawks in the playoffs. I mean, we just don't know yet. It's funny, isn't it? Here we are talking, and it is December 20th, and we have no idea. It's amazing. I, I've never seen anything like it. The schedule has been, you know, they, they, they played a few good teams, like you mentioned, but, you know, some of the teams who you thought would be good weren't. It is a weird, weird year. I've never been here, sitting here in late December, and you just have no idea. Um, Tennessee's something, though. I mean, they are, they are fourth in scoring, and you, it'd be easy to say, well, just load the box against Derrick Henry, but Tannehill's a good quarterback. A.J. Brown's a hell of a receiver. Corey Davis is having a pretty good year. I mean, they can, if you're going to gang up to stop the run, they can beat you that way, too. So this is going to be, it's going to be a fun, You, I thought you were going to take a nap last night, Matt, a couple times. I, I'm pretty sure you'll be <laughs> wide awake on Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, it was uh, not the most lively second half. I mean, I thought the Packers were going to run away with it after those first three drives, and then like they did against the Vikings in week one, like they did against the Colts, and like they have, you know, for ex- against the Eagles late in the fourth quarter, they just keep their foot off the off the gas or take their foot off the gas. And Lafleur and Rogers said, or Rogers said, he doesn't think it's a case of losing focus or or you know coasting, but it's something they gotta figure out because I thought it was very pointed and direct comments from Rogers last night when he said, "This is not consistent winning football. This will get," and he said on the NFL Network post game show. This will get us beat in the playoffs the way we played in the second half. Packers play like they did last night. They're one and done. I mean, there's no, there's no second guessing that against a quarterback any better than Teddy Bridgewater, who isn't very good. Um, no, no, he's, he's not very good. My goodness. How much? They give like 60 some million dollars yeah, over three that's years. That's a ridiculous man. contract. Um, so, yeah, that won't get it done. I do want to touch on one thing before we get to questions, though, and that's Mason Crosby because. These games are going to be close in the playoffs. And I know we talked about them last week, but I think um, it warrants a a small discussion again. Games are going to be close in the playoffs. And it's not easy making field goals at Lambeau Field. Mason Crosby's hit 250-plus yarders the last two weeks to put the Packers up by two possessions with under four minutes to go in the game. 16 for 16 on the year. And, you know, he hasn't taken too many long field goals the, the last couple of years, but he's four for four from 50 plus, And he's still one of only two players in the league without a missed field goal. How important can he be with the playoffs coming up if they're in a, a close game like that? Yeah, you said it, Matt. You can't give away. You can't give away points. You just can't give them away. And he's, you know, I, I was watching the, the pregame warm up and he was kicking from 52 yards to that end during pregame. And um, I forgot my glasses, so I will, I will preface with that. But he was barely getting it there. It looked like they were short and right or barely there and right. And I'm, when he lined up for the kick, it, I mean, I said it to you guys, like, he's going to miss it because his pregame warm-up wasn't good. And, and so he, he just drills it right down the middle. And that guy is clutch. Um, th- there was a time I didn't think that he was the most clutch of kickers. I think when they lost to Detroit in 2015 here, um, he lined up for a 50-yarder to, to win the game. And the, and the ball literally went like 45 yards. It barely got to the end zone. It was just a terrible miss hit. Um, but he has become really clutch. And I thought the special teams um, was pretty good last night, aside from almost getting the punt blocked at the end, which is a huge asterisk. But, I mean, but, you know, they Carolina's returners are legit, and they did a pretty good job last night. So I thought that was a a pretty solid outing. J.K. Scott's net average was 42. Um, <laughs> that's leaps and bounds better than it has been. So it was a 
a good night from a unit which has been crucified and rightfully so. All right, let's get to some questions. We got a couple. First one. All right, we're going to bat with Jeff Seppinen, I believe that's how he says his name. Short and sweet. What happened to Kevin King last night? He's not a very good tackler, and he has a tendency to get beat in coverage fairly easily. You know, he makes a couple good plays. He was in the right spot for that fumble recovery, but his tackling isn't very good, and you kind of need that as a cornerback. You were saying last night in the press box, his price tag has gone way down this year. And, you know, whether it's the five games he missed, I believe it was, with the, was it a calf injury, I believe, or a quad? Yep. Um, oh, a quad, I believe, I believe it was a quad, yeah. And then he has a tendency to get beat for big plays and he can't tackle. That's not a great formula for being a cornerback in this league. No, it's not. You know, he, he got torched by, um, in the Detroit game by Marvin Jones and, and Stafford overshot him. I thought that great catch that Jones had late in that game. She thought the coverage was actually pretty decent on that because he, he made almost give no margin for error on that throw and catch. But what struck me, Matt, was when he picked, when he picked up that recovery, how slow he seemed. I mean, he was a guy at that combine. I, wa- I want to say he was low 4-4s four or maybe even high 4-3s. I mean, he was like this athletic freak. He seemed so slow. I mean, I thought he was gone, then he scooped it up, and then it's like, oh, no, he's he's not gone, but... Yeah, I don't know. He's just he just must not be healthy, and that's uh been the story of his career, right? Yeah. Here's one that I want to get to. Um, what more does Dylan have to do to get touches? From <coughs> sorry, Connor Patrick at Connor Patrick twenty three. He looked great on his eighteen yard run, and then they put him on the bench the rest of the game. That's a good question, especially it is. We've gotten AJ Dylan questions all year, like why don't they let him close out the game? They don't need that when Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are both in the game, but. Jamal Williams was not. His quad injury sidelined him for the majority of the game. And Matt LaFleur said the plan, really, he implied that the plan was to get A.J. Dillon involved more in the second half, but they just never got anything going. I imagine he meant, you know, if they were able to get a couple first downs, he would have spared Aaron Jones here and there. But, you know, you can't argue not throwing A.J. Dillon in there. It was his first carry since November 1st. Granted, it went for 18 yards, and for a second there, I thought he was going to take it the distance. But, you know, he's been out for a while with the coronavirus that clearly impacted his health more than it does the, you know, the your your standard 14-day quarantine. You know, he was out for six weeks pretty much. And, um, you know, a slight glimmer of optimism with that 18-yard run and, he could pro- he'll probably be RB1 next year. Yeah, probably. I mean, after Aaron Jones fired his agents out of assuming, presumably frustration that nothing was getting done, yes, he'll probably be RB1 next year. Um, you're right, though, Matt. COVID is um, COVID's different. I mean, it's, it doesn't treat everybody the same. And like you mentioned, you know, so many of these players come back right away. And obviously, um, it really hit AJ much harder than, than, than most people. Um. <laughs> Uh, a couple from Josh Reuter here. Um, I'll go with this one, though. Will Chris Barnes take over as the full-time inside linebacker by the end of the season? It was funny because uh, our good buddy Andy Herman asked Matt LaFleur last night, you know, he saw, it was a very astute observation, saw Barnes wearing the green dot. And LaFleur said, oh, it's just in certain packages. And, and that's fair. But at the same time, could that be to... To, to mask the fact that they're just trying to phase Christian Kirksey out. I mean, 
Christian Kirksey has not really done anything noteworthy this season. Um, you made the point last night, Packers don't really have any great inside linebackers, but at least you have the the unknown with Kamal Martin and and Chris Barnes. You know, they have probably made more game-changing impact plays than Christian Kirksey, and they're both rookies. So you know what Kirksey has. He's been in this league for a while. Um, he's injury-prone. And at least Chris Barnes and, and Kamal Martin, they make a couple rookie mistakes, but they make plays too. And, and I think there certainly is a chance that Chris Barnes um, will get a lot of playing time, maybe even as the starter here in the near future or, or in future years. But I thought it was an interesting observation that he's wearing the green dot because, you know, I could be wrong, but I don't know why. I don't remember him doing that with Kirksey and Kamal Martin healthy. I don't know why they would you know, do that with Kirksey healthy. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just dumb. Yeah, I, it's, you know, I'll, I'll be guilty of um, statistical scouting here, but, you know, Barnes broke up a lot of passes at UCLA um, last year. I, I want to say like six or eight last year. And that's what this team needs. They, they need a guy who can cover, especially without Raven Green. Who would ever thought you'd be saying Raven Green was this must-have guy? But he was. And they can't replace him. Barnes seems to have a pretty good knack for coverage, some athleticism. Um, Man, do you want to go into the playoffs with with the <laughs> undrafted rookie being your guy? I don't know, but they are in such a bad way, and um, they could have had Patrick Queen rather than Jordan Love in the first round. But that's a conversation for another day or past days because that's come and gone. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that the most notable alum of Liberty High School in Bakersfield, California, this year on the Packers would be Chris Barnes and not Jordan Love? That was the lead to my story a little bit last night, Matt. It was that, um, and I had to delete it because the game went sideways, but I had, you know, they drafted Jordan Love in the first round and the guy who replaced, I was presuming he's going to have a big game after setting the record for 40 touchdown passes. That went haywire. So I was going to lump Rodgers and Barnes into that, but that I deleted that in the fourth quarter when I realized that that story angle was going nowhere. Um, <laughs> Agram Joshi wants to know, will Hunter Bradley become the first Packer to get cut the year after he makes the Pro Bowl. Funny question. Uh, I'm never one to, I don't like to be one to call for jobs. And, and I haven't, I've admittedly not paid that close attention to the snaps, but I trust you and, and your judgment. He's not very good. And they might, they might be in the market for a new punter and a new long snapper uh, this coming off season. Yeah, they had that punt when the third, gosh, my memory stinks, third quarter. Um. Punt was low, oh, or or the snap was low. Or was it the fourth quarter? Man, oh man, I don't know. It was a long night last night. And we're getting flooring done, so I've been up early. Um, yeah, you know, J.K. God bless J.K. Scott for having the best hands on the team, maybe because he has bailed out Hunter Bradley a couple or a couple times, several times over their thirty. They have thirty regular season games together. So J.K. Scott's got really good hands. Um, we have a lot of yeah. these questions. Wanting to know about the number one seed. There's several of these here. Um, the odds at the moment that they have the number one seed, Matt. I think they're pretty high. Um, I'll have a better answer for you after the Chiefs play the Saints today. Yes. Um, if the Chiefs beat the Saints, I think the Packers have it in the bag as long as... Because if the Chiefs beat the Saints today, then the Packers will be 11-3, and Saints 10-4. and and the Packers also on the tiebreaker. And as long as the Packers don't lose their final two games to the Titans and Bears and the Saints then win their final two games, 
against the Vikings and Panthers, then the Packers get the one seed. So a lot depends on that Chiefs Saints game today. Um, if not, I still think it's possible for the Packers to. The Titans defense isn't very good. That could be a shootout. I think they beat the Bears. So I think the odds are in their favor to get the one seed. The like Aaron Rodgers said on uh, in his NFL Network interview last night, it doesn't. I mean, sure, it's nice to have home field advantage, but the real home field advantage is if it is if it's between zero and fifteen degrees. He uh, he said last night it was thirty. He said eh, it doesn't matter if it's like this. This is this is like warm. But even so, you know, Jared Goff, Tom Brady's used to the cold, but Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Russell Will- Russell Wilson's never won at Lambeau. So those three guys are, are three guys who could potentially be coming to Lambeau in the first round, and you know, forcing them to play in sub in, in freezing temperatures would uh, would be an advantage, I think, for the Packers even without fans. Yeah, um, the the Rams are lurking at nine and four. Um, so as long as Green Bay beats Chicago, um, look. So l- let's say New Orleans loses today. Um, Green Bay could lose to Tennessee and would would be fine. Um, they just can't lose to Chicago because then you get into conference tiebreakers and the Rams would beat Green Bay on that if Green Bay loses to Chicago. So um, root for the Chiefs today, people. And then uh, that gives Green Bay some wiggle room against Tennessee so long as they beat uh, the Bears in Week 17. Cecilia J. Bugface. we got to get to Cecilia Which Packer is most likely to be the Grinch? And who is the team Cindy Lou making the Grinch's heart grow three sizes? Williams, Jamal Williams, feels like the obvious Cindy Lou choice. It's a good question. Aaron Rodgers was kind of like a Grinch last night. He was not happy. But, um, yeah, I think Cindy Lou would be Jamal Williams. Really jolly guy. Which Packer is most likely to be the Grinch? Kind of. I, I, I See, I don't know if that question is, you know, just in a bad mood or with their performance puts everyone else in a bad mood. Hmm. I've never seen the Grinch. Never. That that might be so. There's there's today's yeah, breaking. Oh I've never God. seen the Grinch. That's Dr. Seuss, right? Yes. N- not a Dr. Seuss fan. That's fair. I I think um, mood wise, it was Aaron Rodgers last night, but performance wise, who could who could spoil a Christmas gift? Kevin King, <laughs> I think. You know, if Kevin <laughs> King has to yeah. go up against AJ Brown next week, ooh, I don't know how that would go. That could be that could be a that could be a little dicey. All right, let's get one more, then we'll let you guys enjoy your Sunday. Um, Well, Devontae Adams, this is from Ozzy the Gagmeister. Will Devontae Adams get those (laughs) franchise records in the final? I thought he was going to get them last night, but he did not. Will Devontae Adams get those franchise records in the final two games? He's broken. He's on pace for so many records. Which records are we talking about here? Um, I I believe catches. Um, Sharp one. 12 or 114, I believe it is, was for Sharp. Adams has to be getting up close to 100 by now. 98, I believe he's got. Yeah, I, so that would be... Yeah, I think he gets it. Th- that would probably yeah, be that's, seven catches a game, eight catches... Uh, I don't know. It depends on, on if he has an uncharacteristic drop like last night, if the Titans and Bears try to take him away... You know, the Bears could very well still be in playoff contention by, by the time Week 17 rolls around. You know, everyone knows that Devontae Adams is priority number one. So it would be interesting to see if they take him away. I say he gets it, though. Yeah, I do, too. Um, Aaron likes him so much. And if, if, they're, if they are in position to pad stats, um, they're all stats, those stats will be padded. And um, 
look, they, they might need to throw it to Adams this coming week. And then Chicago, I just think they'll do whatever they feel like against the Bears because the Bears will be getting ready to play golf. Yeah, 112 catches in 93 for Sharp. Um, Devontae is 98 this year. So that's an average of seven per game over the last two games to tie him. And I think that's doable. Let's see. Devontae has top seven catches, one, two, or got at least seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times in his 12 games this year. So I think he does it. Hey, one last quick one, Matt. Um, did Aaron Rodgers lose the MVP last night? No, I don't think so. Um, obviously, we have to see what Mahomes does against a good Saints defense today. If Mahomes puts up a three-touchdown, no-interception day today and beats the Saints, I think he retakes the lead. I think Aaron Rodgers has a slight lead right now just because of, you know, he has less weapons. Um, ah, it's tough. I, I don't... I don't like to, I know we said it last week, but that less weapons thing, I mean, he still has pretty good weapons. I know Mahomes is better, but it's not that big of a difference. Um, so I'd say Rodgers has a slight lead now. Mahomes is still going to have the lead in passing yards and team record, but Rodgers will pretty much have the lead in everything else. I know MVP voters, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but obviously uh, total touchdowns matters. Rodgers ran for another one last night. Uh, he now has more rushing touchdowns this season than Mahomes. Um, I think Rod- Rodgers was on a NFL uh, Instagram live with Kay Adams the other day, and he was just joking. Let the old guy have it, Pat. You're gonna have you're gonna have plenty of chances for it. Let me get let me get one more. Um, so I think he's still in the lead. But if Mahomes has a game like Rodgers had against the Lions last week against the Saints today, I think he retakes the lead. Yeah, man, I would still go Rodgers, but you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is going to be the, the big national TV game, and if Mahomes goes nuts, it's going to be hard to deny that. But, man, what, what Rodgers has done this year with a team that wasn't – look, everybody expected the Chiefs to kick every, everybody's rear ends this year. Nobody expected the Packers to do this. Right. And for them to be in this position, is it's largely because of number 12. And, you know, and as much as the Ryan Gutekunz gets bagged in April for not adding any weapons, here they are leading the league and scoring and everything else. It would be hard to deny. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, but um, yeah, he should get back. Yeah, he we'll should get back. He today. should get back for other things. Not that though. We can have that discussion <laughs> another time. But hey, we got a buy one get one deal. Theathletic.com/slash head of the pack for subscriptions. We always appreciate you guys listening. For myself, Bill, our super producer Danielle, we will catch you guys next Monday morning because Packers are in prime time yet again. Sunday night game against the Titans. That'll be a great one. Looking forward to that. So we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening.